Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. No, we're not. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Now, we did receive some uh, one bit of listener feedback from one person asking us to do the business at the end of the episode. If you ever listen to a very old episode, you'll see that we did do the business at the end. But the business is going to remain up top. Uh, yeah. It's just got to stay here. It's so thank you for that feedback. Goes. But that's just, this is where it lives. And the business is this. Our website's forever35podcast.com, where we have links to everything we mentioned on the show. Our Twitter is Forever35Pod. Our Instagram is Forever35Podcast. And you can join the Forever35 Facebook group where the password is 
serums. You can also sign up for our newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. And if you want to reach us, voicemail or text us at 781-591-0390 or email or send us a voice memo at forever35podcast at gmail.com. See, it was painless. So painless. We're done. We're done. How's it going, Kate? Quarren Kate? Quarren Kate. <laughs> Quarren Kate. That doesn't make any sense. I'm going to start spelling COVID with a K like a Kardashian might. Oh, boy. I mean, look, if you've been tuning into the latest episodes, you've heard that my life has just been COVID focused, which I guess is just what happens when someone in your family gets COVID. Right? Like, I don't know. Like, I remember this from when your husband got COVID, Dory. I, I, was, I would be like, hey, but are you doing anything for self-care for yourself during this time? And you were just like, fuck you, no, I'm not. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> you also had like a toddler running around and your book edits were due. Like you were in, it was like peak deadline territory for you when your husband got COVID. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, granted, like my daughter's case has been very mild. Like we're very lucky and we have a space where we can spread out and like, look, this is a best case scenario situation, but it's still been stressful. And like yesterday, I just, I couldn't even bring myself to work. I just like sat, I was so, I was so just burnt out. Um, yeah. There's like such a <clears throat> your I, your existence when someone in your family has COVID and you're quarantining is it feels like you're on high alert all the time, right? Because like I'm dealing with kids, and so like every once in a while, my daughter with COVID will just like wander out of her bedroom without her mask on, and I'll be yeah. like, "You gotta put your mask on," and then she's like, "I'm sorry, I forgot." And I'm like, "Of course you did. You're eight, right? You know." But it's just this like sense of high alert, you know, like. I'm a I'm a deer at the water hole worrying <laughs> about the predator coming at any time. Wow. Yeah, that's an amazing um metaphor I just came up with. It really really <laughs> that's is. So great I'm doing. <laughs> so, you know, I just I I felt really burnt burnt out and fried and um I have like work I need to be doing and other things I need to be like my house is a like it's just everything just feels like it's kind of crumbled and I'm trying mm. to just you know like I'm trying just to know like that's okay you know you don't have to keep all your shit together when things are really hard you don't have to keep all your shit together ever but mm. um and uh, I'm just rambling sorry Dory I'm just I'm just yam Please. yam yammering here but no, it's fine. you know the other thing I've been trying to do is just like lean into my gratitude because so many friends have been really wonderful to us you know we don't live near family we have a really lovely community here and people have just been really supportive and amazing and like dropping off cookies and dinner and buying, you know, buying my milk for me at Costco and things like that. And, Aww. you know, I mentioned people like you have sent me food. And so it's just been really gratifying to, you know, to have those to, to really redirect my attention away from the fear and anxiety when I can and focus on how um, fortunate we still we are in a tough mm. situation. So Did do a I did do a face mask. And 
You know, I hadn't tried it. It was a Peter Thomas Roth Blue Marine Algae Intense Hydrating Mask. And, you know, I'm road testing some skincare wand products for an upcoming piece that I'm writing for our column on Mm InStyle.com. So I took one of them out for a ride on top of the mask. Okay. It was interesting. I will say my skin did look really good the next morning. Like it did look refreshed. So I put the mask on and then I rubbed it into my face with the Joanna Vargas Magic Glow Wand, Uh which I was, which I received courtesy of the brand. I did not buy myself because these wands are pricey. Okay. And I put it on the heated massage setting per the suggestion and I rubbed the mask around my face. Hello. Yeah, it's interesting. All these wands are basically like face vibrators right now. There's like a whole trend of vibrating face tools. Yes. Which makes me think like you could literally just put your vibrator on your face. (laughs) Probably true. Like wash it first, but then you could just put your vibrator on your face. I mean, Dory is Dory is making a really sure (laughs) this idea. (laughs) I'm just saying I'm having a hard time buying the necessity of any of these wands, but it has been fun trying them out. And I and I will say my face did look nice. So the mask wand combo was intriguing. Can I tell you one thing that has been consistent even through this stressful time? I I haven't slept with my phone in my bedroom. It's been like two to three weeks of this. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm pretty proud. That's so cool. And I'm sleeping better without my phone in the bedroom. It's really interesting. So wait, I had you been sleeping with your phone in the phone bed or whatever? <laughs> Didn't your da- one of your daughters make you a phone bed? She did, but it was just, you know, which is very sweet. And they have it like situated on my dresser, but it was cumbersome. And I have a very tiny bedside table, so like there was there's barely room for like my bottle of hand lotion sure and and this like phone holder thing so so i i did put my daughter's phone bed in a different location got it the thing i really like about the mophie thing i bought the mophie thing i forget its proper name the wireless charging stand thank you the wireless charging station that you mentioned in the newsletter yes what I like about it is that you don't have to attach a bunch of charging cords to it. The thing, the station is the charger. So it has one cord that you, so I'm not constantly searching for cords and putting a cord here and then right. a cord there. I just place my phone onto it and place my Apple watch onto it and place my headphones onto it and they charge. And I, there is something about that that just makes it easier. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So. I'm proud of myself for still doing that. That's very cool. So how's it been going over there, planner queen? <laughs> um, okay. So we're, I've just completed week, I'm basically completed week three of using the Moleskin Pro Planner. What I'm size st- do you have, Dory? Um, the regular size? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I have the, I think it's like a five by seven size. Is that a size? <laughs> I think it's uh, a size. I mean, it's the size I'm of a photograph. Check. 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's five by seven. Here we go. Moleskin Pro Project Planner. Five by eight point two five is the size That's that I have. So specific. Yeah, I know. And then it also comes in seven and a half by nine and three quarters inches. And then it also comes in eight and a quarter by 11 and three quarters inches, which is very large. Now, a listener did text us to say that that size is sold out. I don't know where they're talking about. And well, they gave I'm us- looking on the Moleskin website, and indeed, the A4 size, the eight and a quarter by eleven and three quarter inch size, is sold out. Now, this listener very generously gave us credit for selling it out. Now, and I, mean, I told Dory this, and Dory was like, "No, we didn't." <laughs> I mean, sure, if you want to give us credit for that, I'll take it. But that is not the size that I have. Now, so granted, like, what power do we wield? I don't recall if I if I ever specified the size that I have. I don't so believe you did because I was curious. It's possible that people were just like, oh, I'll just get the biggest one. I like to keep my planner like a more manageable size because like, for example, yesterday I took my planner with me and I don't, mm. I've had larger planners or like larger notebooks before, larger moleskin notebooks before, and I find them very cumbersome. They're too big. Kate, you know this. You know how this yeah, story I'm, goes. Well, I'm looking at my giant monogrammed <laughs> journal that I bought that I haven't I love written because that it's, it's monogrammed. <laughs> it's like proof. It just makes it more absurd. Uh, I'm going to hold it up for you just to remind you because it's sitting right here because I keep being like, I should use this. It's Wait, huge. Can you move it more into the frame so I, I mean, can I see? Can't because it's okay, so- there we go. Yeah, I think I have a notebook that size that I, it's very big. You know what a listener wrote me and it's like European size. You know how they have bigger paper? It's A4, which I think is a, is a European size. And that is the size that is sold out Mm. of the pro project planner. What if I secretly just bought them all? That would be very funny. (laughs) Um, anyway, I'm still using my smaller size planner still enjoying it still working for me so i just wanted to keep everyone updated because i know i have a track record of starting planners and then abandoning them or starting new systems and then abandoning them um the other thing that i just want to throw out to the crowd including yourself okay is that i've started taking some tennis lessons at night and I had my first one last night and I was like, oh, it's a little harder for me to see. Oh my God. This is not what I thought you were going to say. Seriously? What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to be like, and I love like the experience of like playing in the dark and I don't know. What? (laughs) (laughs) No, like there's something so fun about like exercising at night. I actually did really enjoy. I did actually really enjoy um, exercising at night, and it was also really nice to not have to worry about the sun. Yeah, Um, which is why I also take lessons very early in the morning before the sun gets too 
severe. Um, but yeah, so I didn't even have to like wear a hat. It was so nice. There's obviously lights on the court. So it's not like I'm playing in the dark. Um, but even with the lights, it's still like the general effect is sort of dusky. And with my, you know, I've, I'm slightly nearsighted. So I don't like, I'm not wearing glasses right now. But I will wear them like when I drive or if I go to a movie, which, you know, who goes to movies anymore? God. Um, but especially like dusk is a very, I find to be a very difficult time to see super clearly. And I was like, oh, like I can see the ball. Also, tennis balls are like fluorescent. So, <laughs> you know, you can see the, I could see the ball, but I felt like I was just like slightly off. And I was also having to, I felt like, kind of use more energy slash concentration. Um, and I was like, huh, this might be the thing that finally leads me to get contacts. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts. So first of all, you're not playing in your glasses. You take your glasses off to play. I'm not playing my glasses. I sweat way too much. Okay. So like possibly wear glasses. I have been wearing contacts since I was 13. Is it the kind of thing where once you get them, you have to like wear them all the time or can you like take them in and out? Oh, no, you could take them in and out. And as you should, you do not want to leave contacts in for a long period of time. And all you people who sleep in your contacts, I am looking at you. You take those puppies out. I think you could get some and like since you would only be wearing them for certain activities, I think... I think that is reasonable. I mean, there is a learning curve in getting them in and out, but mm. I've just been doing it for th- almost 30 years, so I don't even right. think about it. I will say they are a financial suck, mm. and but I wear them all the time. You wouldn't need them all the time. But I did want to pitch one other thing. Have you thought about prescription sports goggles? I looked I, – I kind of casually looked into them. They don't look super comfortable and they look very, they look very bulky. And again, the sweat issue is what mm, I'm worried about. I like, I feel like they would fog up. Maybe they have anti fog. I don't know. They, like, they didn't look great. I mean, there are people who wear them in the NBA and WNBA. So I, I, I would imagine, like, they've, I think a lot of that, though, now. is for like eye protection. Mm. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll start with getting a pair of sport glasses and like see if they work. Maybe I shouldn't just dismiss them out of hand. Well, I it is like when I I went through a phase in my life where my eyes were rejecting my contact lenses and it was at right. the time in my life when I was do- yeah, I was doing yoga every day. And so I would wear my glasses to yoga class and like it is very annoying to have glasses sliding down your face while you try to exercise. Like it's just Yes. It's, it's very an irritant. Annoying. Yeah. So I personally, I actually think if you've already kind of explored this and you're like, eh, I think getting contacts that you wear for physical activity is not a, a bad idea. Just be conscious of the price because they get, I mean, but again, I, I wear them every day. It's just, I've spent so much money on contacts. It like makes me nauseous when I think about it. Right. Hmm. I just want you in sports goggles for like the picture. <laughs> That's what this is about. <laughs> I mean, sports goggles seem adorable and fun. And I just want like a photo of you in goggles while you're playing tennis. Okay. 
I also wonder too, like if there's a, if there's just like you could get that little head strap that holds your glasses onto. I mean, again, I, I know tennis is like a very high cardiovascular sport. It's not like you're playing the harp. Like it's a lot of physical energy. Yeah. So. I mean, a couple of the glasses I looked at that I was like, these don't look bad. I read the description. I was like, these are for like low impact. Sport. And I was kind of like, mm, I don't, I don't know that these would work. Like I get, it's like a, it's a, it's such a, it's a workout. It's a real workout. And I get, again, the sweat is just like very intense. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Oh, Dory. It's hard when our bodies just start to like check out like this, you know? But it's not like my eyes have been the same for oh, good point. Okay. 20 years. It's just that I've never played tennis <laughs> at night <laughs> in the last 20 years. <laughs> like, it's not like my eyes have suddenly gotten worse and I'm like, yeah. oh no. It's that I've decided to play tennis at night and now I'm like, oh, the fact that I'm nearsighted is like a little bit of a problem. Yeah, that's annoying. That is annoying. So, like, and I would, I, I could handle it if, if, if I don't figure this out, if I don't get contacts or I don't get sport glasses, like, it will be fine. Again, mm -hmm. I can like hit the ball, I can see the ball, but I'm like a little off. So, I'm sorry. That's annoying. Yeah. I mean, look, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it is what it is, but, um, I just thought I would throw that out there. And, you know, you do not seem super enthusiastic about contact. So I'm going to have to take that into consideration. It's, but I'm, I'm biased on my own experience as a person who wears them all day, every day. It sounds like you would not be doing that. So, no, and I'm more I just wouldn't. thinking about the cost. Like contacts are easy and they're great. And like the contact technology is very advanced. Mm. It's just that the cost makes me angry because they're very expensive and, it's been a cost in my life for, you know, two decades. So, right. but I don't think you would have the same experience. So I need to let that part go and I need to bless your desire for contacts. Uh, um, do you want to introduce our guest? Oh, yeah, I do. Um, we are overjoyed to bring you our interview with Nicole Perkins. Um, we just had so much fun getting to talk to Nicole and we both loved her new book, which is called Sometimes I Trip on How Happy We Could Be. It's an amazing collection of memoiristic essays. Just came out middle of August. Cannot recommend it enough. Nicole is a writer. She's from Nashville, Tennessee, and she examines the intersections of pop culture, race, sex, gender, and relationships. And she's the 2017 Audre Lorde Fellow at the inaugural Jack Jones Literary Arts Retreat and a 2017 BuzzFeed Emerging Writers Fellow. She also hosts the podcast, This Is Good For You, which is all about highlighting the pleasures of life. And you also probably know her from her other podcast, which she formerly co-hosted, Thirst Aid Kit, which is all about pop culture and desire. And she was also the co-host of The Waves, which is a podcast at Slate, which looked at news and culture through a feminist lens. And she has a collection of poetry, called Lilith But Dark, which was published in 2018. And we we just had such an interesting conversation with her. It was it was really fun. Yeah, she's wonderful. Um so without further ado, we're gonna take a little break and when we come back, we'll be here with Nicole. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly 
the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be Redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one -on -one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. We are so excited to have our guest today, Nicole Perkins. Nicole, welcome to Forever 35. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. We have been yeah. trying to like do something together for I a know. while now. <laughs> yeah, That's we were true. We were trying to coordinate something with Thirst Aid Kit. And then when, I think when we were finally like ready, you guys stopped doing it. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it's great to, uh, to have you on the show to talk about your new book. Sometimes I trip on how happy we could be a collection of essays that Kate and I both loved. Um, 
Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, of course. We usually like to start our interviews um, by asking our guests about a self-care practice that they have. And so we are wondering if there is something in your life that you do regularly that you would consider self-care. Oh, a lot of things. I really enjoy pampering myself. Um, so I'm really big on um, skincare and not necessarily just like my face, but my whole body with exfoliation and body butters and stuff like that. Um, gosh, uh, I think that might be it, which I feel like is probably what people always say. But I really love the process of changing my bed sheets. Um, and I put, I put, um, and this might be a really old country Southern thing. I don't know, but I put baby powder down on like the mattress topper before I put the fitted sheet on so that, you know, I have a nice, um, you know, a scented baby powder. Right. Um, so I'll put that down then I put the fitted sheet and change the sheets and then I'll go take a shower, do like a really detailed shower and, um, that way, when I get in the bed, I am fresh. My sheets are fresh, and it is the best sleep I ever have. <laughs> like, it is so good. So that's a favorite thing that I love to do. I have never heard of putting baby powder on the mattress. I freaking love that. Have you ever heard of that, Dory? Mm-mm. It might be a Southern thing. It might be. Obviously, there's scented baby powder, so if you need the lavender-scented stuff to help soothe you. There's that. Um, I've been buying some scented powders from a, um, a vendor on Etsy. So it's like peach and lemon and, you know, cherry or grape, like all that kind of stuff. She has all kinds of scents and flavors. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It just smells good because uh, I know people spray stuff on their sheets, but my skin is a little sensitive to that. So I don't necessarily want the perfume or whatever spritz stuff um, getting on my face or my body, but the baby powder is under the sheets and, but you can still smell them and it just, it's just really refreshing and soothing. Oh, oh that sounds so lovely. <laughs> I also love the combination of you. It's like you change, this is going to sound very weird when I say this, you change your skin sheets. That's weird, but you know what I mean? Like you're exfoliating, yeah. you're preparing your body. And so you're get you're clean, and then you're getting into clean sheets. I have like goosebumps. That just sounds so yeah, good. Yeah, because I'm not really. I don't take my showers at night, um, in the evening, and so it's very rare for me to like take a shower before I get into bed. But I always do that when I have changed my sheets. Even if I change my sheets in the morning, you know, on the on the weekends, doing the whole thing. If I change it in the morning, I will wait until the evening, take my shower, and then get into bed. Well, you mentioned skincare and I would love, I would love to get into it a, a little bit because you actually talk about it in different spots throughout the book, but I'm thinking specifically in the chapter softness when you talk about as a kid playing in your mom's scented lotions and then you describe in wonderful detail the extra special get some shower that you took before sex with a partner who you call the hippie and all the steps you take to get your your skin soft and a secret body oil when you don't reveal the name of do you ha- it was like it was so i mean this but but the chapter also is exploring your your femininity and 
femininity of, of how, how black women are treated versus, you know, you explore Serena Williams's experience. I mean, so freaking great. And, but getting back to your get some shower, yeah. um, is that a practice that you do anytime you're engaging in, or maybe sex for the first time or sex with a partner? And for someone who's curious about that kind of, um, you know, body preparation, what do you do? I, I just loved the steps that you were taking and it wasn't for your necessarily for your partner. It was also for you, which I really loved. Yeah. I, I, I'm at a point where I do everything for me and if he enjoys it, that's great. Um, but I do, I guess I do consider it kind of the way I cast my spell a little bit in the, um, uh, on these, on these guys. Uh, so a get some shower is the shower I take for a date when I know that I'm going to get some. Um, and so, but there are levels. So if it is a first date and I'm not sure it actually will get to that point, it's a basic get some. So it's just, you know, I, um, shower, I use, uh, Dr. Bronner's peppermint, um, soap. I like the tingle. I know some people are like, Ooh, it's too strong. I like the tingle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I use that. And then I will use, uh, a body wash, um, on some shower gloves and use that to kind of exfoliate everything. Uh, if it's an extra special night, if I know that I am not only am I going to get some, but it's going to be good, then I will, uh, do the Dr. Bronner's. And then I will, uh, do a body scrub, a sugar scrub. Salt scrubs are too harsh for me. So I mm. like a sugar scrub. Uh, sometimes I make my own sugar scrubs and it's just mm. brown sugar and olive oil or, um, almond oil, something like that. Um, and maybe an essential oil for the scent. And I usually keep it kind of light and citrusy, like lemon or a grapefruit or something like that. Uh, and then I'll do the body wash again. And then I recently discovered this tip that um, has really changed my <laughs> stay at home life. But mm. I use acne wash under my arms instead of regular soap because oh. the acne wash will get rid of whatever that bacteria, the it has to have the benzoyl peroxide mm -hmm. in it. So use that. And then I, uh, when I get out of the shower, I use a BHA, um, what is it like the height, some kind of acid, the, the mm -hmm. exfoliant acid stuff on it. And my pits don't smell as bad. Uh, actually I can be at home without, you know, obviously when I, we've been at home, I haven't been wearing deodorant, and because of that, it's a heat wave. It's summer. It's New York. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, your pits start to stink a little bit. It's mm -hmm. natural. It's fine. But maybe you don't want them to stink. Um, but that has been a way that I have been able to prevent them <laughs> from smelling without having to put deodorant on. So I also do that now, which has been great. Um, and um, yeah, so I do. If I do remove hair, I'm shaving my legs and my pits. I don't really... Um, I do prefer getting like a wax, but I don't do that by myself. So what I've been doing is just like usually I have special clippers to clip the area. Um, but yeah, those are all the pretty much all the things that I do with the get some shower. And then when I get out, I have uh, scented body butters because I don't really wear perfumes that much. And I have scented body butters. I tend to have, I uh, prefer fruity or gourmand scents. And then I will mix the scents so that 
you can't really tell what I'm wearing, uh, you know, and it's special and unique to me, uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, can you reveal what brands of body butters you like? Oh yeah. So I've been using this, um, small business called butter me up goods. I love their stuff. Um, I'm not going to tell you my favorite since <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep some secrets. I get it. I like keeping stuff close to the chest. I like it. Um, and then the secret body oil is actually something that my friend Tracy Clayton put me on to. And so, um, I think I may have stolen her scent, which I feel really bad about. So, um, but yeah, I like them. I can't think of their name right now, but they have, um, their website is kind of old fashioned looking, but they, it's really good. And, um, I like the scents that I've used and I layer them. I layer the oils. I like to do like just a basic cocoa butter and then layer the scented oil on top. That's really good too. Um, and that cocoa butter is usually just Palmer's, uh, cocoa butter. So yeah, those are, those are my secrets. (laughs) All right. Was there, was there a moment like for you where this kind of skincare practice became about you or was it always something that you were doing just for yourself? Cause I feel like so often, especially uh, at least in my experience as a woman who has only been in, you know, heterosexual relationships, I feel like when I was younger, it was like all for the partner. And that has changed in my mind as I've gotten older. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if you had a moment where you were like, Oh no, this is, this is for me. Uh, I think so. So, uh, you know, Black women are very conscious about being moisturized and and um, smelling good anyway. So I always, like I said, I, in the book, um, I always saw my mom had these scented um, lotions uh, from Avon. And I would go through and, and smell those. Back then they were like, I don't know if they still are like this, but they were these little small jars that looked like planets. They looked like, you know, they were just really curvy. I don't, I don't know. They, they were very... Um, they were meant to be displayed, I guess, is um, what they were. Uh, so I was always very conscious of that and making sure that I was moisturized. Um, but I think what happened for me, I got to a point, I was using cocoa butter as my main scent um, in like my early 20s. And this guy was like, he actually doesn't like the smell of cocoa butter and asked me to use something else. And I was like, oh, well, I guess we're not having sex anymore. Um, <laughs> because this, that's, that's mine. That's what I use. It feels good to me. I don't like other uh, lotions. I like this. So um, I think that maybe that wasn't necessarily the turning point, but that was when I knew for sure that what I was doing was for myself and not just for my partner. Um, when I was in college, my boyfriend um, really liked the Paraglacé scent from Victoria's Secret. Oh my gosh. We've been talking of Dory, this is the one I use. I know. An icon for Generation Xers because you're our age, Nicole. Yes. yes. Oh my God. Okay. I've been telling Dory about this scent because that's what I use. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. It was really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, like obviously a pear is sweet already, but it was just super, super sweet and it smelled green. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, but he loved that scent. So I would wear that for him. And it made, uh, I remember when we broke up and we were no longer seeing each other, how I was both upset to be throwing away the leftover pear glacé stuff, but also relieved because I really 
I didn't like smelling like everybody else because it was a popular brand um, at the time, uh, the Paraglacé. And then there was one that smelled like grapes, candy grapes. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, it was always been very important to me. But I guess in my mid-20s that when I was like, this is just for me. And if they don't like it, then I guess they can move on. Amen. <laughs> Love that. Um, Nicole, I first got to know you as a personal essay writer um, when you were writing for BuzzFeed. And so for, kind of for me personally, it was just really wonderful to read this collection. Um, but I mean, you've always done such an amazing job writing about really personal and kind of often, quote unquote, taboo topics with, you know, honesty and humor. But I'm wondering, for this book in particular, what was it like kind of excavating those memories? And um, were there chapters that were especially challenging for you to write? Yeah. Um, so I feel like the things that I normally talk about are with like sex and desire and love. And I think they're not necessarily easy topics to write about, but I feel like because we are so familiar with them um, that it's okay to be writing about those things. Um, but once we start digging deeper into our childhood, childhoods, mm -hmm. that's when things get a little hard for me to share um, because I have seen the way that stuff has been used against people, especially women um, in attacks and things like that. I have seen the way, um, you know, those kinds of things have just been dismissed. And I also yeah. have seen the way people expect black women in particular to only talk about their trauma and only mm. talk about their suffering and only mm -hmm. talk about all the bad things that come with being black and being a woman or being black and being mm -hmm. a girl. And so I knew that I did not want this to be quote unquote trauma porn. I did not want to lay myself so completely bare. And also I don't really have anything that's like super harrowing or what I would consider very harrowing um, happen to me. And I did not want to exaggerate anything. I did not mm -hmm. want to make it seem like it was worse than what it was or anything like that. So I was very aware of that. And I, I told my agent and eventually when I started um, communicating with my editor, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to have uh, an essay collection that is like, oh, wow, it's so hard being black. I hate it, which is not how I feel mm -hmm. at all by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it can be difficult to navigate the world as a black person, as a black woman, but that doesn't mean I dislike it. Um, so when I was writing those chapters about my childhood um, and watching my parents' relationships and dealing with the church and being very protective of my brother who's autistic and... Um, you know, trying to honor my sister and all those things. I also had to be aware of how much of their story could I tell um, and where their stories intersected with mine. I tried to stick with, with that as opposed to too much of their personal stuff that happened yeah. before me um, or, you know, whatever. Um, so that was a very careful dance that I, yeah. I had to <laughs> try to manage. Um but it was it was hard. The chapter about my brother was particularly hard because I did not want to I did not want to expose him to yeah. anyone who would be mean to him or try to um, 
I don't know, just use the knowledge of him in this, in this way, um, in a bad way. I also, um, I did not want to write like a dedicated chapter about my father and like daddy issues and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because I feel like it's a l- it ended up being threaded more throughout the book than I anticipated. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave that alone now. And maybe when I am 65, I will do another, <laughs> and another <laughs> book and come back um, uh. to that. And I also just didn't want to make it seem like I was blaming anybody. You know, I didn't want to mm. make it seem like, I'm fucked up because y'all fucked me up, you know, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, can we curse? I just, oh, yes, yeah. You okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So my, the chapter on my brother was really hard to write. And um, the chapter on the church, it was hard to write because I was embarrassed because mm. talking about religion, talking about Christianity is so icky. Talking about the black church is really a sensitive thing. Um, and I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to poo poo it and offend anybody, but I also had to be real to myself and my experiences. And so I tried to, you know, put in a little humor, um, where I could, but also acknowledge that I feel like the church is not a great place. And that is really hard for a lot of people who are still going to church to understand. And, um, one of the reasons that we're losing a lot of people in the church is not necessarily, um, it's about the people. It's not necessarily about their, their faith. And, you know, that's why so many people I think are leaving, perhaps not just the church, but whatever other organized religions they may have, but it is about the people and trying to take advantage of people's faith and things like that. So I think we just need to be more honest about that and that, you know, we can believe whatever scripture, holy book. Um, but maybe we have to figure out our own interpretations for that. And we can no longer rely on men who are just trying to, um, get ahead in life. Yeah. I, Sorry, I, I went like all into different places. No, <laughs> I love, I love both those chapters. Um, but I'm also wondering if we could talk about kind of the flip side, like what was, what was kind of the most fun, um, for you to write in the book? Um, the bones chapter, even though I was talking about being depressed and watching this show and I felt really silly, um, giving props to bones because bones is, <laughs> it's so easy have, to make fun we of. We have a friend, we have a friend who is obsessed with bones. Yep, so yep. I feel like this has been sort of a running theme for quite a few years. So you don't need to defend your bones no. obsession. It's a safe bone space. Yes. <laughs> and I am also one of those people, I didn't say this in, in the chapter, but I'm also one of those people when they finally got together, I was so disinterested and I left. I stopped watching yes. the show. But I, you know, I do blame it on the show though, because they took too long and the, I don't like it when they then get the people, the couple together and then start throwing everything at them to keep them apart again, to try to like, create mm-hmm. that earlier mm-hmm. will they won't they think anyway um so that chapter was much easier to write than i anticipated because i was really i was excited to talk about that and to show bones in perhaps a way that maybe people hadn't thought about um and or have them think about their own tv their comfort tv practices and why we glom onto these shows and we have all these different options available to us now and yet we still go back to 
bones and Frasier and a different world and living single. And, you know, these things that just kind of guided us through the easy parts of our lives. And, you know, we want to kind of get back to those, at least maybe not necessarily childhood or our being teenagers again, but just that feeling of not having to worry about anything, but making sure that we were watching this because we we weren't going to be able to see it again for another year or something before the rerun started. <laughs> I know the way we devoured TV as kids. I mean, I think you're like 44, 45. Yeah. yeah I'm 42. Dora, you're what? 43? I'm 44. I, yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, I forget Nicole how old and I are like exactly the same. Exact same. Yeah. Okay. You 1977ers. <laughs> but the, yeah. it's, it's so interesting. You mentioned that because the way that as kids, we had to kind of like, you had to be there and then like glom on like in actually in your book, you're, you talk about, um, like hitting, listening to the radio station and hitting record. I think it was for the Prince. I think it was for Prince. Yeah. And, and just that feeling of like, we might miss something. Whereas now we have access to everything. And it, it was a, it was satisfying in a different way than I think it is, is now. It felt really special and like you were a part of something. And I, I feel like you captured that so much throughout the book. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, when we were watching that stuff, uh, we had to watch it. We had to be paying attention to it uh, because we knew that we it was going to get talked about in school or if you were already working at work the next day. Um, and now there's pressure to watch something when it airs, but more so to avoid spoilers and not necessarily to be a part of the discussion anymore, but just to kind of be like, just to avoid someone telling you something you didn't want to know. So the pressure is difference um it's, it's changed a little bit and there's still that pressure to watch it so you can talk about it but it's still just like a little different now i mean you also talk so uh, lovingly about fraser which dory isn't that matt's favorite show it is well fraser yeah. and cheers and i cheers. think are kind of tied so yes i loved <laughs> i loved your fraser <laughs> chapter thank you <laughs> i loved i loved also this idea of sharing your like your pop culture comfort thing with another person and then that person not completely appreciating, appreciating that. And because it's, it's this self care practice that you seem to have this relationship to rewatching Frasier and the comfort it brings. And then when you bring someone into it and th they aren't worthy of it, it really is upsetting. Yes, very much so. And, um, I always kind of, I try to vet, like if they, if the guy that I'm seeing is someone who I think, okay, you're going to be around for a little bit and not necessarily that I'm going to be committed to you, but just like, maybe you're not just a hookup. Maybe you're going to become a friend with benefits, right? Like there's still all these different labels, levels to being casual with someone now. But, um, if I feel like it's progressing to that kind of point, then I will put on Frasier and that's like another test. And, um, I talk about a couple of guys in the book, um, the Russian, because he loved Frasier. Um, I think I say he loved Frasier like I do because he would go to sleep watching it. He would put his laptop on his chest and watch Frasier, um, like that. And then the hippie, um, from the softness chapter and the shrooms chapter, he, he was like 10 years younger than I was. So he had kind of, when I, start talking about Frasier, he would be like, oh yeah, my parents used to watch that would really kind of <laughs> that messed with my head a little bit. Yeah. But so I would put it on. I was like, okay, maybe you should watch it now as an adult. And he would be transfixed by it. And I was like, yes, thank you. Okay, good. Because I was just like, 
if the sex is really good, but you don't like Frasier, I am in a conundrum because I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do if I can't deal with you uh, as a Frasier lover. But it's all very important to me. I did an essay online at BuzzFeed about taking back music from old relationships and how I hold on to the things that make me feel good now um, when I am dating someone or just hooking up with someone because I don't want them to contaminate it. I don't want it to be associated with them, especially if there's someone who um, is, uh, this is going to sound really bad, someone who is disposable, right? And I don't want to, I don't, I don't want them to have my favorite things. <laughs> it sounds really selfish, but I'm a middle child, so I'm going to allow it for myself. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> I don't, I also don't think it is, it is selfish. Like the, there's nothing worse than a failed relationship or partner ruining a thing that you once loved, like an adjacent thing. And I, I think that's happened to all of us, right? Like we, yeah, we and then share you like something. can't watch the thing yeah. or listen to the album yeah. you know, after you break up and it's, it's just been ruined for you forever. So yeah, yeah. I, I totally get that. Yeah. So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Okay, we're back. Can I, I actually really like that you talk about 
partners who may be disposable. And I, I, I get the context in which you're saying it because in, in this book, you really, you know, you talk about your sexuality, you grapple with what it means. You talk about how you've learned to embrace it and really kind of, I don't, I want to use the term lean in, but just like evolve into your sexual beingness throughout the book. Um, and you talk about different partners and how, I mean, I almost died at the line. Where is it? Everyone has a purpose. And sometimes that purpose is to show up, eat me out and leave. I underlined (laughs) that line in your book. (laughs) But, you know, I, I would love to hear about, um, and, and maybe this is not how you experience it, but so by all means, you know, tell me so, but you know, this idea of, your sexuality and how it is perhaps how you care for yourself, know yourself, love yourself and, and how you, you got there. Because I, I felt like the last line of your book really was like you stepping in firmly into who you are as a sexual person. And it was really moving. So I know I could be projecting, but I, I would love to hear if that, um, if that is a thing for you. If sex is self care, I guess is the TLDR question. Uh, I think so, because whenever I have really high stressful moments, I want to have sex for the release. And when I feel um, really celebratory, I want to have sex. <laughs> um, and I, uh, I can't remember if I put that in the chapter, but in the, tr- in the shrooms chapter, when I was tripping and I start, I was having orgasms on each wave of euphoria and that freaked me out. Um, and I was like, something must be wrong with me because my body always wants sex for those high emotion moments. And um, I just had to realize, and the, the trip kind of helped with that. I just had to realize that it was okay at some point that that is how joy manifests for me. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was younger, it wasn't necessarily that, that, that way as a child, but I was still, I was just very hyper aware of sex and the mechanics of sex and romance and like if there's love there love you know I was very much aware of the love and the way couples communicated silently with each other so I was always very aware of that stuff um even when I was very young and people just kept telling me that's inappropriate that's not nice girls don't talk about these things women don't share these things women don't talk about that stuff. Women aren't supposed to like this particular sex act. Women aren't supposed to, um, you know, you, you can't like it too much because if you like it too much, that means you've had a lot of it. And that means you've had a lot of lovers and that means you've been run through. And that means you are not a good girl or, you know, like all this kind of stuff was definitely like piled, um, or driven into my head at some point. Um, and I can't necessarily remember all of the explicit places that I was told that, but it was very clear, very clear to me in the same way that growing up, you know, you have to wear a dress to look like a little girl, but also keep your legs closed. Um, it's like all that kind of stuff was just all yeah. a, a part of it. Um, and I'm not even... I think what was confusing for me in trying to figure out how to express my sexuality and express my femininity is that I was told that when you are a very sexual person, it has to come across like Mae West or Madonna or, um, I don't know, 
Grace Jones, you know, like it has to be a big production, but I'm an introvert and I don't necessarily want to come into the room like, hey, boy, why don't you come over here? You know, like I didn't want, I don't want to do that. Um, and so people, you know, they see or they hear or they read that I talk about sex and desire a lot and they expect, I don't know, they expect this really, this larger than life image of sex mm. with me. And the, you're not necessarily going to get that. I remember one guy said, you walk so goofy, but your sex is amazing. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but he was trying to say that, you know, I don't seem like I am, um, you know, someone you don't want to let go of, I guess, in the bedroom or whatever. Uh and I just have to be like, you know what? I am I am a silly, goofy person. And it's not until we are in the comfort of my home that maybe you're going to see a little bit of the Mae West come out. And I just kind of had to... Um, I just... The exploration with BDSM and, you know, trying to be a dom and have a sub, that really helped me a lot because it let me know I don't have to try on a costume, you know, or I could just uh, figure more out what works for me um, and just go for it and not worry about like, I can't worry about how you're going to think I look um, or how you think I should be. Like, I just really can't. I'm tired. And I think also just having been working in and being dissatisfied with my professional life. I was like, I can't be dissatisfied with my professional life and my sex life. Something's got to give some somewhere I have to be happy, um, you know, and I it was the bedroom. And then now the professional life stuff is happening. So I feel mm. much better um, about myself, although there's still like those body image issues are still like popping up, um, which I don't know. I kind of have to beat back with a stick sometimes. But um yeah, I I think when we're unhappy in one place, then it comes out someplace else and you have to figure out like if I can't control this environment, I have to control that environment. And so that's that's what um uh, been that's what's been really helpful for me. And you know, I was I, I was actually thinking about the last line of the book about how the power comes back to me. I think somebody tweeted it to me or something like that. And I was thinking about people who are really mean online um mm. you know just like you could say oh i really love apples and someone comes in and that's because you're a stupid bitch like what what the fuck mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm just talking about apples and i think what that is is they don't have power and the only way that they mm -hmm. can have power is by ruining somebody's day just coming in and shitting on their parade and that makes them feel good that gives them this rush that this that you know is very heady whereas for me i want people to feel good and i want to feel good so that's my power is is making making sure that i feel good at some point even when i'm having a really bad day just finding something whether it's a frasery run or a romance novel or something like that that um that i can write down at least i had this for today yeah. you know because if these other people were to write that down in their gratitude journal. I made someone cry today. <laughs> like, what? Why are you proud of yeah. that? <laughs> um, yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about um, power and how we try to um, 
regain that in a way, in a world where we are constantly losing control and constantly losing power. Like, are we going back into lockdown? Because that seems pretty imminent. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't control that. We can't seem to control other people's habits. Um, So what can we control? We can control um, our hobbies and uh, how we treat other people so that maybe it becomes contagious and like that. You, you mentioned you kind of in passing, you mentioned romance novels. I'm wondering if there's anything you've read recently or that you're reading right now that you would recommend that you want to mention. Oh, okay. So I think it might be cheating because uh, I'm going to do an event with her, but the dating playbook just came out um, by Farrah yes. Rashawn. That's really good. Um, I we have re- the same editor. She's your grand central, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and I recently read uh, Tessa Bailey's latest. I think it's happened one summer. Um, that was pretty good. And um, Rebecca Weatherspoon's Cowboy series uh, yeah. that she just started. I love that. I've been really interested in reading um, about uh, Black and Mexican cowboys and getting more of that. Is that when I... Ooh. I remember being younger and reading cowboy romances and just not really enjoying them because a lot of them were um, native. They were based in, <clears throat> excuse me, they were based in native stereotypes and um, they were just really uncomfortable. Uh, it was a lot of kidnapping of white women and like uh, it was a, yeah, it was a mess. So I just never went back to that, but I wanted cowboys um, in the last year or so. Uh, so I've been, I've been reading those books. So those are some of the that, that's some of the stuff I've been reading. Can I ask you about a romance? R- romance is my favorite genre, and you mentioned something called "Ashes in the Wind" by Kathleen Woodowis in the book, and I was yes. like, "Oh, I've got to flag this." Is that a good book to? <laughs> is that a recommend recommendation? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. If you keep in mind the context of when it was written, right? Yes, because yeah, what you have to do. Yeah. So it is about, um, this woman, um, she is, is she Southern? I think she's Southern. And, um, she cuts off her hair to try to, you know, get past the Yankees and tries to like, pretend she is a boy. But then, um, this Yankee named Cole. And I remember that because again, right. I I remember all like Nicole people, Nicole and Nicholas's and stuff like that. Um, so Cole, he is a surgeon and, uh, she is working in the hospital with him, uh, under the guise of being a boy, but obviously they are attracted to each other. And Cole thinks that he is like going to take this young man under his wing and mentor him, but there's something about her. And then he realizes that she's a woman. So then we, take off her boy disguise and she gets to um, live the rest of the book as a woman and they have an attraction and they're the romance. And uh, I mentioned it in the book because I had read it and I was, (laughs) there is like this, all this talk about battlefield um, medical care and how people were dying from infections and stuff. And it's kind of sad because I was like, I'm going to prepare a knife a collection of knives and rust them out so that um, when my father becomes abusive with my mother, I can stab Mm -hmm. him. And even though I was a little child, I probably wouldn't, I realized that I did not have, I would not have had the force I needed to probably do any real damage, but maybe he would get 
infections and die like a battlefield soldier from the Civil War. I don't know. <laughs> but that was a child just trying to protect her mother. But Ashes in the Wind, I still love it. I actually have been... I have been recollecting the uh, romance novels from my childhood that stood out to me. So I have that and I have The Flame and the Flower, which was the first romance novel that I read uh, by Kathleen Woodowis and some other books that I just remember from childhood. So I've been recollecting them and going through, um, uh, gosh, there is a site, an online site, uh, not the bookshop, but there's another one that I've been going to to look for used copies of books. Um, and like, hopefully, may, if I can't find the first editions, then the editions with the covers that I remember from my childhood. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. <laughs> um, I, I did want to ask, and actually kind of mentioned this, um, in, in beating back body image thoughts with a stick, uh, which is something that, you know, resonates deeply, I think, with most people listening, including myself. Um, and you, you talk about this and, and actually in relation to, um, to Janet Jackson in, in the control video and with the control album. Wait, was it called control? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you could, it's called Janet Jackson, the all black uniform chapter, but you talk at the end kind of how you have evolved in accepting the shape of your body and how that has led to you kind of embracing color and what you wear and, and how you wear color out into the world. And that really resonated with me as, you know, someone in their forties. Um, but as you just mentioned, it's an, it's an ongoing process. So I was curious if you could speak to what that's been like for you, your kind of evolution of, um, both dealing with body image and also um, how that manifests in, in how you dress and your fashion choices. It has been really interesting. Uh, as a Southern black woman, there was a particular look that I was supposed to have. Um, and it is a look that is currently everywhere now. Like it is a look that uh, women of all ethnicities are like, buying, getting sculpted, and trying to look for. And at the time, it was very much uh, just for Southern Black women um, and video vixens and things like that. So it's just, you know, very curvy, the Coke bottle, um, you know, nice boobs, but not necessarily the draw. Um, but definitely you needed hips and ass. And I did not have that for a very long time. Um, I guess I've always been a late bloomer. Shout out to Dory's book. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, 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 and so I was always very skinny and I was not fashionable. You know, I did not wear like, you know, I was a teen in the nineties. So gold chains and gold rings and things like that were very popular. Um, that's when like name brand stuff started to really become a part of your wardrobe and a part of, mm, hip hop and you know as hip hop was um gaining maturity and then became kind of this place where you were marking uh your wealth with that mm. with that stuff um and it just i couldn't do any of that and it didn't necessarily make me sad but i just kind of was like i can't worry about that so i'm not going to worry about that and again i would just kind of what was the thing that I could find that I could afford and it would, you know, last and stay clean looking, but, you know, nobody was going to pretend, uh, no one was going to think I was 
rich or at least, you know, had the money to spend on these things. So my attire for a very long time was just like from Target and Old Navy, um, Walmart and places like that. Um, and once I got to a point in, in, as a teen where I wanted to wear all black, my mother, who is a Leo, uh, she is very much into colors and prints and jewelry um, and having her hair and nails done all the time. She was like beside herself. Why are you wearing black? It's just, everything in your closet is black. Um, <laughs> so, but once I did get to a point where I was like, okay, this is just going to be my body. And, you know, I can, I finally feel comfortable wearing dresses again. Um, and I say again, because I, I talk about this in one of the chapters of wearing a dress to school and some little boy trying to sneak his hand up my um, skirts and being made fun of because the dress was like a bell shape. So someone said that I looked pregnant and it's like, I'm five. How, what, why would you say that to me? <laughs> um, and I just felt like wearing a dress just invited a lot of unwanted attention. So I stopped wearing dresses for a, a long time and then I wanted to wear them again. And I wanted, I think I wanted to try to like experiment with, um, with my femininity, with my sexuality, uh, that was a lot in like late high school, my senior year and college. And so I started wearing dresses and colors. And then I was told those are the wrong dresses to wear because by then I did have hips and ass. And so people could see that. And so people were telling me that's not right. Those aren't the right dresses. Um, and I was not going to wear ruffles and lace and shit like that. I don't, that's not me. Um, so from there, I've kind of gone in and out of hiding and I would compromise and wear gray because I was like, it's not black, but it's also not anything that's like eye catching. So I would wear gray and maybe a pop of turquoise with my earrings or something like that. So that was me experimenting with colors. And I still do that. Um, I talked to my mother this morning and she wanted to buy me some clothes to like, you know, help celebrate the book launch and everything. And so she was checking. She was like, are you wearing pink still? You know, because I started wearing pink in the last like five years. And she was like, are you still wearing pink? Uh, are you wearing patterns? But you don't want flowers. And I was like, no, I don't want flowers. <laughs> you can do patterns, but not flowers. Um, and I've been wearing like animal prints. And I was like, is that just what happens when you turn 40? You start collecting like leopard and cheetah print stuff. I, Maybe. Why is, yes. <laughs> I've got so many dresses and like shoes now with, with cheetah and leopard print stuff. I don't know where they came from, <laughs> um, but I love them. <laughs> I love them. Every day I have to tell myself, my body's good. I'm still here. It's still sexy. I still feel good about it most of the time. And that's, I think part of why I situate myself so much in skincare and, and, mm. um, because it's like, there's something on my body that's good and it's my skin and that's the biggest thing on my body. So I'm going to, I'm going to take care of it. Um, I really like, I don't necessarily like bodycon dresses, but I like the silhouette of them, I guess. I just don't like the fact that my belly doesn't like body contrasts. <laughs> so I try to figure out a way to compromise. So I'll do a body contrast with a denim jacket that hopefully kind of disguises the middle part. And those are like the cheats that I use so that I can have this dress that I know is going to make my hips and ass look good, but maybe cover 
everything else. Cover up these yam arms and the belly <laughs> and highlight the the part that I think looks best. <laughs> oh, well, Nicole, this has been so great to get to talk to you. Um, Thank you. This was fun. So much fun. <laughs> so much fun. I, I hope that I answered your questions. I don't know. <laughs> I'm you always did. really rambling. <laughs> It's so hard also being on the other end of podcasting, I find, like, when you're so used to kind of being in charge the second you're the person, like, in the interview seat, it's hor- it's terrifying. Or it is <laughs> yes. for me. Yes. <laughs> um, where where else can our listeners find you? Obviously, your, your book is available anywhere um, books are sold. Um, and where else are you on the internet? Um, my Instagram and Twitter are at... Tennessee Whiskey Woman. That is T-N Whiskey with an E woman. Um, I am technically on TikTok. I don't post anything. I'm just there to watch hosier videos. Um, so don't even bother looking for me there. Um, <laughs> um, my website is NicolePerkins.com and that is Nicole with an H. Uh, so that's N-I-C-H-O-L-E Perkins. And um, I have a podcast called This Is Good For You where I talk to people about their hobbies and leisure activities and the things that make them feel good um, uh, for the purpose of helping others kind of find hobbies. If they are looking for something, um, helping others realize that it's okay to do something that feels good without having to suffer first. Um, and if you need that- someone to come on to talk about playing the piano, I'm vo- I will volunteer. Oh, yes. Okay. I will. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. We'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> and I also just want to kind of get rid of the idea of a guilty pleasure. Um, yes, totally. You know, like as long as it's not causing harm to someone, you shouldn't feel bad about the joy you experience. So this is good for you. Available wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. You know, I got to say, Dory, I'm not usually like a book devourer. Like I don't sit and read a book in Mm. a day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But as I think I've told you off the air, that's what I did with Nicole's book. I read it like I I devoured it. It's very, it's very readable and very good. It's so enjoyable and interesting and thoughtful and moving and funny. I just really cannot recommend it enough. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Well, Let's intench because your last intention was to try not to do everything last minute. Yes. Um, I, this was kind of a mixed bag. Okay. I did a couple things last minute and a couple things not last minute. Were these like work assignments or personal things? It was mostly, it was mostly work stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think a mixed bag is is not too bad. And I'm just going to just going to keep it going. Try to keep it going for next week. All righty. All right. I support and then you. this week, another thing that I want to do is I haven't really been doing any strength training lately. And I used to be like pretty into strength training. And I want to kind of add it back into my workout repertoire. I love strength training. I do too. I just, I got, I got so focused on cardio. Yeah. 
with like between tennis and the Peloton and all this stuff that the strength training kind of like fell by the wayside. And now I want to bring it back into the main event, if you will. Yep. She was ready to pump some iron again. Ready to pump some iron. Ready to crunch that core. Whoa. Or whatever. (laughs) I I mean, I credit strength training with, with helping my back pain and making my back pain go away. So I'm a big fan. Doesn't need to be heavy weights either. You know, I'm really in that 10 pound zone. So it doesn't. Well, what about you, Kate? Last week, I was all gung ho about meal planning and grocery lists and Mm. getting back to school. And then none of that happened because before we could start school, my child was diagnosed with COVID. So, I mean, look, this is a really basic intention, but my intention this week is just to keep not getting the coronavirus. That's great. You know, so far. I think, was, so, I think that was my intention when Matt had COVID. Yeah. And, and you were not vaccinated. Like the vaccine was not ready yet when you, yeah. it was, but not for. It was not available. Yeah. Like Anthony and I are both vaccinated. So I feel like we have that layer of protection. And then we are obviously, um, we are masked at all times um, when we are in the house with our daughter. But so far, our whole family is negative, and we are coming toward the end of this quarantine experience. So if I can just make it to the end, I will feel um, a sense of relief. So that's it. And, you know, also keep just caring for my kid and my family. Amen. Amen. Well, Dory Forever 35 is hosted and produced by you, Dory Shafrir, and me, Kate Spencer. And it's produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Sam Reed is our project manager, and our network partner is ACAST. We'll talk to you all later. Thanks for listening. Bye.